Hi, my name is Shlomo Salsa, founder of Purpose Creates Impact, host of the Teenage Impact Podcast, where you will find the inspiration to get over your struggles as a teenage kid. I was bullied, had anxiety, depression, had friends pass away, and battled confidence issues for a majority of my life. Whether you have the same issues as me, feel lonely, face challenges in your home or in school, I'm going to be interviewing people who overcame these struggles and provide you with tips on how you can overcome yours. By the end of this episode, I want you to rate and comment on what you think of the podcast. This will allow the podcast to be ranked higher and serve more teenagers. Hi everyone, this is Shlomo Salson, the host of the Teenage Impact Podcast. I have Satvik Seti with me. How are you, Satvik? I'm good, man. Happy to be here. Good, good. How old are you, Satvik? I'm 21 years old. 21, man. He is doing some big things. He's a CEO and founder of Runaway App, a, a social entrepreneurship venture to help promote happiness. And he recently got into the Forbes 30 under 30 scholars. So congrats, man. Thank you. Thank you. And things haven't been so easy for him. The reason why he started Runaway App is because he went through his own struggles. He struggled with social anxiety, even though he felt social many times. He's, he's experienced bullying, social exclusion, suicidal thoughts, and he's overcoming them in his life, but he's also helping other people as well. So Sadfik, let's go back to middle school when you felt like some of your friends or people in your uh, class were excluding you. Can you go a little bit deeper into that? Sure. So, I mean, middle school is just a time in your life when there's a lot of different challenges that you're faced with. You know, you're still, you're going through puberty. You're trying to understand how the world works. You're faced with a lot of new sort of social situations. You're suddenly in this place where you've never been before. So, and with that, just there's bound to be challenges. It's it's a time when a lot of people are sort of finding their feet. They're finding their friends groups. And I had a friend group going into eighth grade. And, you know, once we got there, I think everyone was just overcome with challenges. And so that group kind of split up. Um, or, you know, I was, I started getting uninvited to some of the events that we would normally go to together. And it, it just started taking a toll on my mental health. But at that time, I really, I didn't understand that mental health was a thing. And it was, you know, I was sad because of social exclusion kind of went into depression. But again, I didn't know what those things were back then. Um, I was just upset. And uh, it was also a time when a lot of these friends of mine were coming to me with their own mental health problems. And I was becoming someone that they could talk to. And I think that's sort of really where my mental health journey started. It was where I was exposed to how bad mental health can be and the impact that it can have on people. And I knew like starting then, I just, I wanted to help people get better. And I wanted to make sure that no one has to go through that phase in life that I went through. So people were actually coming up to you in what, middle school or high school? Oh, uh, middle school wow. and high school. Yeah, I was just all, all through. Yeah. Wow. So people were actually coming up to you in middle school as a, um, when you're 13, 14 years old. Yeah. And what were your first, what was your first reaction? Um, they started doing that. I've always, I think 
I think this goes back to like how I've been brought up with my family. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone at home is really open with each other about problems that we face, challenges that we have. And we're taught to not be judgmental, but instead really try to be there. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what I tried to do. You know, I, I didn't see someone with a mental health problem. I saw a friend who was struggling and I just wanted to help like you would with any of your mm-hmm. friends if they come to you with a problem. So I would just sit down and listen to them and let them talk. And I would just listen and be like, you know, things are going to get better. This is just, this is temporary. And um, later I realized that it's, this is actually a very powerful tool that a lot of mental health professionals use called active listening, where you just let the person talk to you and you don't actually give them any advice, but just console them and say, things are going to be fine. And I was doing it in middle school. And um, I think that was, that was a really cool experience because I know for a fact, I was able to really help a lot of people through that. Mm -hmm. And were you open about your struggles to other people? Yeah, I think I always, you know, there are times when you just, you have to sympathize and you can't necessarily empathize. But I think in middle school, there was a time when we we all were having these shared experiences. You know, everyone was facing issues that rose from social situations. So it was very easy to tell someone else that, yeah, I know what it feels like because you're also going through that same thing. So I would definitely, I would always be open about my struggles with my friends as well and, you know, let them know that they're not alone in the struggles that they're facing. What would you say your top two or three struggles were? Um, back then, I think number one would be social exclusion. Um, number two would probably be my social anxiety. And that I think a lot of that stems from the exclusion that I was facing. You know, I started feeling like people were always mocking me when I was walking down the hallways or people were always talking about me, things like that mm-hmm. um, can, can really have a toll on your mental health and things. So, so social anxiety was huge. And then I think bullying was, it was rampant. I didn't really face bullying a lot or like firsthand, but I knew for a fact that bullying was something that was going on. And I would, I think my mental health deteriorated because of the fear of bullying. Okay. It's weird. Cause like, I know people who were bullied and it, it was awful for them to face that. But for me, it was just because because of my anxiety, I think I was just so fearful of being bullied that that itself had a negative impact on me. So you had social anxiety, but were you the popular kid in school or were you the kid who had like a, just a few friends? Um, I would say I was a bit of both because okay. I still remember like in middle school when I... And by the way, this is in New York? Uh, no, this was back home in India. I just okay. I just came to New York three years ago for my undergrad, okay. so I've done mm-hmm. all my schooling in India. But um, I think, let's see. Yeah, no. So I think I was I was kind of the popular kid at the start, and you know I I remember very distinctly I would be walking around the halls or going to class, and there'd always be like people dapping me up and you know, calling my name out and it would, it would feel really nice. I'm not going to lie. You know, people knowing you and people trying to dap you up and talk to you felt great. But very soon, I think that whole, that all changed because my friend group like started excluding me from plans and everything. And then suddenly I was one of the kids who was sitting alone in the classroom during recess and eating my lunch alone, not really talking to anyone. 
and then slowly I started finding my very small group of friends. And I think that that whole experience really changed me because I know that that friend group that started excluding me, they still hang out today. And they're still a huge friend group, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. seven, eight years down the line. But I've now realized that for me, it's more important to have a few really good friends and a f- very few good people who I can actually share my problems with rather than a huge group of people that just know me. Okay. So I, I really like the real connections way more now. Mm-hmm. And now you're transitioning from middle school to high school. How has your challenges um, been different from middle school to high school? Um, in middle from middle school to high school, I think you know challenges challenges were different in terms of I changed schools first of all, mm-hmm. um, because I just realized that the 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 students at my middle school were not the kind of crowd I could see myself growing up with. Okay, and uh, the first step was me just having an open conversation with my parents about what I'm going through and how I need to be in a better environment that's more suited for my mental health. Mm-hmm. And that led me to changing schools. But once I was in high school, it was really an opportunity for me to rebuild my identity and focus on showing myself as someone who doesn't really care about any of these social relationships or you know social power struggles. For me, it was just, I had two years ahead of me in high school and I needed to just work so two years of high school I just worked really really hard and you know tried my best to get involved as much as I could try my best to make a mark in a positive way and that's ultimately what led me to now coming to the to the states for you know coming to New York for college it's because I put a lot of hard work into those two years in high school okay and now I'm here and almost done with college too I'm a senior now Uh uh-huh and you um before this interview, we were talking about it. You can always consider yourself social. Yeah. But you experience a lot of social anxiety. And that's what, you know, you hit it so perfectly because now I consider myself social. Before I didn't consider myself social, but I would still sometimes feel a little bit um, anxious in a social setting because am I going to say the wrong thing? Yeah. My, yeah. What about me? What are people going to think about me? We will focus on me, 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 me. When, when we're actually socializing, it's not about us. It's about getting to know people and actually trying to um, experience the conversation you're having with the other person. So tell us a little bit about um, your experience, maybe even um, a specific example that you had with social anxiety. Sure. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, social anxiety, it's just, it can happen to anyone. And I'm someone who's, especially ever since I came to college, I've been in a lot of social situations. And in fact, I try to be in those social situations, you know. My freshman year, I was attending a lot of networking events with people in different industries, trying to just network my way into an internship. Um, Once Runaway took off, I was speaking at Runaway events too hundreds of students I've um I've been invited as a speaker to several conferences now and before every literally before getting on the stage and even in high school I'm I'm a musician so I used to perform in high school Uh and I've performed on stage so many times in front of so many people but before stepping on the stage whether it's for music whether it's for speaking I'm always shaking 
Yeah. And I'm just so nervous. I'm so anxious about how it's going to go, but I do it and I go on stage, I do my thing. And it, once I'm on stage, everything's great. But the moment before I go, you know, I've, I've literally thrown up, I've cried before wow. going on stage, but I still do it. And so when someone looks at me on stage, they're not going to imagine that I'm someone living with social anxiety or I just threw up before, <laughs> before <giving laughs> this really awesome talk that everyone's, you know, standing and clapping for, but it, it, it happens. And that's the message that I really, you know, I made a LinkedIn post about this last week, but about how I've lived with social anxiety my whole life. And at the same time, I've been super social. I've been in a lot of situations where I've had to be in front of people, but that doesn't mean that I still don't have the fear of being judged by people when I'm talking, or I'm always thinking that people are talking about me or making fun of me. Things like that exist in my head. And over the years, they've gotten better. And I've gotten better at sort of controlling it or trying not to think too much about it, but it exists and, th and that's fine. And I think we should just try to be supportive of that because I've seen, I've seen a lot of people when they tell their friends or something that they're nervous, the friends will be like, there's nothing to be nervous about. Well, yeah. if your friend's being nervous, let them be nervous and just yeah. say, you know, if you need anything, I'm here for you. Here's a glass of water, whatever. But Instead of trying to trying to tell people that they don't have the problem, that they're saying they have a problem, um, just be there and just just support them and just let them know that you're there for them. That's that's I think that's all I would like to let everyone walk away from this podcast. If anything, I think that'd be my message is just be there for people. Just be there for the, I love it. I love it. And um, just to go back to, you know, you performed in front of hundreds of people and sometimes you're crying, sometimes you're throwing up. How, how did you overcome that? Or how are you currently overcoming that? I think just doing it more is more. how I'm overcoming it, man. Um, I still, you know, I still speak and I've been going up on stage for years now. And um, I still get nervous. I still get really jittery. I've, you know, I've been shaken before. I recently, I was at a summit that I was invited as a panelist. And luckily, that was a table in front of me because I was shaking but <laughs> when I got up on stage and when I started talking it was only once I was in it and I could see that people were reacting well to what I was saying things got better I got calmer but I think it's just the more I do this the better I get at just handling handling some of those emotions that I face yeah good point man uh it's not about getting rid of those emotions because those emo emotions are sometimes normal yeah it's about handling them and it tackling fear head on so that's a good message to give to people for sure um let's go back to where you said you had suicidal thoughts um when you were younger how so um i think suicidal thoughts wasn't really you know because I know my parents might listen to this podcast. Yeah. Uh, I have to say, mom, dad, don't be worried. But <laughs> this was like one time in middle school. And okay. um, it, was, it was a time when I guess like things got a little too much. And it was, you know, social exclusion was happening a lot. Bullying was just on the rise. I was becoming someone that all my friends were telling their mental health problems to. So I think mm -hmm. at one point, I just, it really pushed my mental health to the limit in terms of what I could handle. And, uh, you know, as I said before, the, before we started talking on the podcast, when we were talking earlier that 
it was a time when a lot of popular film and culture was not promoting but showcasing yeah you know suicidal ideation and actors actresses they were sort of taking suicide as a way of handling their challenges basically mm-hmm. and that's i think that's where i got the idea from gotcha gotcha this is a possible out from your yeah. problems but mm-hmm. but it you know i realized very quickly how stupid that was one because i the first thing i think most people would think about is their family and what's going to happen to their family and that itself was a terrible side but also i realized very quickly that the end of the world isn't really the end of the world mm-hmm. and now you know as a 21 year old i look back on 14 year old me like thinking of ways to commit suicide or thinking of ways to die by suicide and um i i just realized how stupid it was because those issues i honestly like for this podcast even i can't remember mm-hmm. exactly why i was feeling the way i did or what what issue really pushed and that really shows you how insignificant it probably was mm-hmm. uh, you know six years down the line i could not i cannot remember what i once thought was the end of my world and so now anytime okay. i'm faced anytime i'm faced with a really serious issue or anything that's that's really weighing me down. I always just ask myself, you know, 10 years from now, is this going to be something I even remember? And if the answer is no, which it always is, then I just move on. And I say, you know, today's a bad day, but tomorrow's going to be a good one. So, and I just, I just continue. Mm-hmm. How did, um, well, you kind of touched base on how Runaway came about, but when did you actually start it? So, Runaway, in a sense, has been a movement for five years before it actually became a thing. Like, Runaway, the idea and the movement behind it has existed for five years, but the name Runaway and now, like, a formalized structure just started my freshman year of college. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say about five years ago, same time as, you know, when I was going through these problems in middle school, I was... I also started going online on Instagram and I would look for poetry and quotes and just this things that I could, you know, relate to. And I love, I love reading poetry. So, but accidentally one night I came across an image of someone self-harming on Instagram. And um, I was pretty young then. I think I was 15 or 16, but I was, I was really taken aback by that site. Mm-hmm. But at the same time as someone who was helping my friends, I wanted to do that same thing for them. So I just left a comment and said, if you need someone to talk to them, they're for you. Gotcha. That one night itself, I ended up talking to six different people just like that, just finding them on Instagram, leaving a comment and having a conversation. Yeah. And um, and now today I've spoken over 300 people like that, just finding them and talking to them. And that's when, you know, I came to college. It was a time when, I had a lot going on because I'd never been to the States before. I was homesick. I was trying to find my feet. I was trying to understand the culture, trying to make friends. And it was a time when my own mental health started to get really bad. Yeah. And, but I still wanted to keep helping the people I was helping. Mm-hmm. And that's when I realized I need to scale this. I need to bring more people in. And that's essentially when Runaway as Runaway was born. Mm-hmm. And from there, it's just been a matter of, you know, what else can we do to help people? So. We're, we're doing the events, we're working on the app, we're getting volunteers to create blog posts so people can read things where we just started a newsletter. So it's, now it's really a matter of how can we 
tell people that they're not alone and how can we reach people better so that's that's amazing and um just lost my train of thought wow <laughs> <laughs> I, had, I had a question in mind um what are your goals your what are your next steps for runway app um so right now the app itself is nearing completion which i'm really excited about so we're going to start recruiting for volunteers for the app very soon mm-hmm. that we're going to start some internal testing before we hopefully we're expecting sometime early next year first quarter to roll it out to public users and uh that's really exciting for me because that is what runaway was really born with that was the first thing that we started with everything else has sort of just been in support of that mm-hmm. but also just i think the ultimate goal for me has always been making the world happier and uh as utopian as that sounds i think with everything that we've been doing i think every day we get closer to it yeah um we're constantly impacting people you know we started my our our team social media it started with a hundred followers that were all my friends now we have over three thousand followers and uh our newsletter our subscriber base for the newsletter is growing every day our blog readers are growing every day so i think it's it's really a matter of how fast or how soon can we make the world happier but it's happening you know we we are making the world happier everyone who engages with our content leaves the content happier and um we'll do it that's amazing and what's uh who would you say is your biggest role model um i would honestly i'd say my biggest role models as cheesy as that sounds i'd give it to my parents uh-huh because you know my parents have faced a lot of adversity Mm-hmm. and a lot of times the adversity came from just getting a better future for me and my sister and making sure that we have all the amenities and all the resources that they might not have had growing up and i think they made a lot of sacrifices for that and every day i just really appreciate all the work that they've done for us and their work ethic you know i was actually on a facetime call with my parents um right before this podcast so um and i told them i'm doing this thing today so they were really excited about it That's and it's cool. it's just really nice to have you know someone like that who's always rooting for you always supporting you in your corner i think that's one of the biggest reasons why i feel like so propelled to continue to do big things is cuz i know that i'm going to be interviewed or something and i'll send them the link and they're going to be really proud of that uh- Did you ever try to convince them to move here? <laughs> um, I would love that, but <laughs> it's it's tough there. <laughs> and your, si- your sister is in India? Yeah, yeah. So she's she just went into high school and uh okay. in 11th grade. So mm-hmm. let's see, let's see where the future takes her mm-hmm. as well. Oh, you said a lot of people, you've helped a lot of people. Uh what do you think some of the most inspirational stories you've heard from or, or comments you've heard from other people? that you sure so yeah i'll I'll out this question because um the people that have helped is one of the reasons why i love doing this work and why i really really i'm happy about you know what we're doing at runaway and why i want to keep going so i think one of my favorite stories to tell is from when i used to go on instagram and find people to talk to i've spoken to people from a lot of different countries around the world and uh just complete strangers 
but at the end we would become such good friends because we 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 wouldn't just talk about mental health problems you know a lot of people when i tell them they always think that oh you just talk about their mental health problems and you're done but one of the girls and one i think she was probably the third of the fourth person i ever spoke to from instagram she was from sweden and uh she was 16 at the time also so we were the same age and um we started talking about her mental health problems and we spoke about how you know she had problems at school problems with her family but then ultimately we started talking about our cultures so she told me a lot of awesome things about sweden and i told her a lot of awesome things about india and uh, then we started discussing our dreams and she said she wanted to be a photographer and um and i was like that's cool because i love photography so we started sending each other photos we've taken and um she she messaged me last year mm-hmm. and out of nowhere you know i wasn't expecting it or anything but she messaged me last year saying hey i just wanted to let you know that i just got a job as a photographer a professional photographer and i'm going to be doing like travel photography with someone and i just wanted to thank you for being there that one night because i might not have made it here today if it wasn't wow. reaching out and you know just being a friend to me that one night so and how did that, you reach out you just randomly messaged her yeah that was i just found her on instagram and she looked like she could use some help so i just commented and said you know let's talk and let me let me listen to you uh-huh and that's it and um yeah so i think four or even five years later she messaged me and said thank you for being there and i think that's and i've had a lot of moments like that where people have reached out and you know just thank me for helping them and that's that's really why i do it man it's it's just such a such a good experience and it's you just feel so lucky to be in the position you are where you can help someone and impact their life in such a drastic way where you could be the difference between them seeing tomorrow or not thank you man um we really need more people like you man that's that's <laughs> I, I, quite amazing i, I guess we chill i hope a lot of people listen to this podcast and realize how how easy it is really yeah to help and to be there for people you just need to listen that's what people need to do is just exactly listen. that's a that's a best form of communication exactly and uh let's uh let's move on to like the final stages of the podcast if you can um, talk to your younger self, what would you tell him? Um, Tips. It's a good question. But if honestly, I wouldn't even have tips as such. I think the reason I am where I am today is because I've had, ex- I've had experiences. And a lot of times I think when people are given that question, we try to protect our younger selves. Mm-hmm. And, you know, try to basically tell them to take the best, safest route to get here. But I think, honestly, I would love for my younger self to take the same route as I did. Because I wouldn't, yes, some of the experiences I've had sucked. And yes, you know, I had mental health problems. I've faced a lot of issues of being really sad at times. But I think ultimately, all of those experiences have contributed to who I am and where I am today. Mm-hmm. And so I would just tell my younger self to take it as it comes and just go with the flow. And um, if there is one message, I would say that everything gets better everything because I knew better. when I was, when I was younger, there were times when I thought that this is terrible, 
and it's nothing's going to get better. But over time, I've realized that ultimately, as bad as things seem in that moment, everything ultimately gets better. And uh, so just just go with the flow, you know, everything's happening and it's it's teaching you things. And even the bad experiences, you're going to end up learning so much out of it and it'll get better. So, mm-hmm. yeah, tell my younger self to just just go for it. Gotcha. And, and two more questions. One is for the people who are having suicidal thoughts, you snapped out of it pretty quick, but a lot of people um, don't snap out of it. They consistently um, think about it on a daily basis. And I, I've actually interviewed some people who've attempted to commit suicide or plan their suicide out. What tips would you have for them? Um, yeah, no, I think, I think you're right for sure. I was, I was definitely fortunate to have been able to snap out of it. And there are people who will live with that suicidal ideation every day, uh, which can have a huge toll on their mental health and on their life in general. And I think my, my suggestion for them is to, it's, it's hard. It's, you know, it's not that black and white, but the first thing I would say is find the cause of what's bringing you that pain and see if it's something that you can prevent. If it's, you know, if it's your friends, then can you, can you try to distance yourself from them? Can you try to make new friends? If it's social situations, can you put yourself out of them? You know, for me, it was a lot of stuff that was going on in my school. So I had an open dialogue with my parents and said, I want to change my school. So I think the first step is really just understanding what's causing you um, that pain and try to try to work around it. But I I know that's easier said than done. You know, a lot of times people have barriers to resources that they can access and what they can do. And so for them, I would just say, as I said to my younger self, it'll get better. And that was one of the messages I would always, always say to people when I would talk to them on Instagram, regardless of how bad their situation was, I would say that things get better. It was, um, I forgot what, there was, there's this really famous quote, but it's like, when walking through darkness, keep on walking. Because ultimately, you know, it's like, I always imagine myself walking through a forest and it's like, yeah, this forest is really scary. <laughs> but if you stop, you're going to be stuck in that scary forest. So the best thing is just keep walking till you get out and you will ultimately get out. <laughs> That's a great analogy. And then I'll um, actually have one question and then a, a quick question. For uh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm these, these questions are just popping in my head. Um, you know, you mentioned that you have social anxiety and is, I'm glad you brought up that point um, where you should just go for it. Because when I was younger, I, I felt a lot of social exclusion. I felt like no one really wanted to be my friend. I, I was the one that always got bullied. And I always blamed myself for being bullied because I thought there was something wrong with me. And when I elementary school got bullied, middle school got bullied, high school got bullied, college got bullied. But what, what tips would you have for someone who's watching who is either an introvert or seems like an extrovert social person but have fears faces so much anxiety um in terms of reacting to someone else going through it or themselves going through it themselves themselves going through it um it's it's hard 
but I would, you know, the first thing I would really hope is that people around you take notice. And uh, a lot of times I would see, luckily, is when I was in middle school and I would see someone bullying, I wouldn't care the consequences, but I would just stop it. I'd go up and I'd, you know, I'd try to break up a fight or I'd try to just, if someone's just roasting a group of people, roasting a kid, I would go and just break it up. And I would say, you guys do realize that it's 5v1. And um, so the first thing, yeah, I would hope that a bystander stops it. But then also I think you have to realize that even if you're an introvert, you need you need to talk to someone about it. And the only way it'll stop is either if you personally let the bullies know that you're no longer scared of them and that, you know, you're not going to put up with it anymore. Or two, you get external help. So you talk to a teacher, you talk to your parents, talk to anyone who can intervene and give you help. And I know, I mean, honestly, a lot of the things that I said on this podcast might not be the best advice when a professional listens to it. But these are these are all real experiences that I've had. And so I'm trying not to be politically correct, but just speaking from what I know has worked for me in the past or what I know. I would have loved to do or I would have loved to see. And mm-hmm. I think the reason that I was able to get help get better is because I just, I told my parents because I couldn't tell anyone at school. I couldn't tell anyone, you know, one of my friends to help me. So I just, I just told my parents because that's the next best option I had. Okay. So it's, it's really about finding someone who can intervene and finding someone who can support you. Okay. Um, one final question. Uh, how does it feel to be in the Forbes 30 under 30 list? <laughs> um, so, so that's so the Forbes 30 under 30 scholars. A lot of people mistake it for the 30 okay. under 30 list, but gotcha. the scholars, so the scholars program is pretty cool too. It's um, every year Forbes selects a thousand students from, okay, uh, gotcha. from around the United States. And uh, basically the Forbes 30 under 30 scholars program is the thousand students. We all get to attend the Forbes 30 under 30 summit for free and we get to network we get to go to every event and we get special networking sessions so it's it's just really a cool opportunity for some of the really elite students i would say and i'm very grateful to be in this category it's a thousand in the whole country correct in the whole country yeah and which is um, still actually no actually it's it's thousand from the whole world is what i recently found out so it's you know people from students from all around the world apply to this so yeah i was was mistaken it's not the forbes 30 under 30 but still quite an accomplishment so that's you know competing with thousands and thousands of people yeah and uh 30 under 30 is still on my list yeah. And uh, it's, which I'm sure you're gonna thank you. Gonna accomplish it's, it's, a in no time. it's a dream that I've had since I was 18, uh-huh. and you know, every day um, I'm trying to get closer to it, trying to do the work that will hopefully one day put me on the list. Uh-huh. Yeah, keep doing what you're doing, and where can people find you? Um, so people can find me on Instagram, you know, it's my name, Sophic Sati, and uh, also runaway, runawayapp.com. You could check out our Instagram, runaway.app. And uh, yeah, we're both me and Runaways all over social media. So if you search for either of us, you should you should get sufficient links. <laughs> awesome, awesome. And for people subs- um, tuning in for the first time or haven't tuned in in a while, um, my Instagram handle name is at Shlomo Salson. I want you to 
follow me and DM me to join my close friends group because in my close friends group, I have discussions and you can ask me any questions you want to get over some of your struggles. I know sometimes we go through different challenges. We need a second opinion, um, especially teenagers. They want help from other teens or people who have gone through the same thing. So that's what my close friends group is about. And if I Sadvik, if you don't have anything else, I, I appreciate this interview and I'm sure you're going to go really far. Thank you. Thank you so much. And this was, this was an awesome opportunity and I'm, I'm really excited to, to share this one. So it's that. Thank you, brother. Thank you.